Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're going to talk with Coach Harvey Hyde. Man, do you guys send in a lot of questions. Uh, USC's big win over Stanford, 42-24 to in the Coliseum. Uh, if you have any questions, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can call or text us, 424-254-9141, and we got a lot of those today. Uh, let's bring in the coach. We, You guys know all introduction stuff. You know where you can find us uh, on iTunes and all that. What is up, coach? How you doing? I'm ready to go. Whenever you have a great football weekend like that in Southern California and throughout college football, we have some great games. But the main game we want to talk about here today, of course, is USC's victory over Stanford. Certainly. And uh, if you want to, you know, of course, this coming weekend, USC plays Texas. If you need tickets to that, you can go to Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com, or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287 or sctickets.com. Hottest ticket in town. So if you want to check out the game, uh, go to SE Tickets. Talk to Curtis. Tell him Co- Coach Harvey Hyde sent you. And Coach, okay, so we are, I know we got limited time today. We have a zillion questions, a bunch of voicemails. Uh, it's absolutely insane. So I'm just going to jump right in. This guy is already one of our favorite callers. And just so people know, people are asking, like, are these like plant callers? No, just people are calling in some really interesting personalities. And this guy is certainly one of them. Here you go. Jeremiah from Snake Lake. My question is for Double H. So it's about the midway through the third quarter. I thought to myself, they can't put this team away. They just can't do it. I don't know what it is. My question, Double H, and please don't pull any punches. Let these spoiled, rotten millennial kids have it. Just let them have it. My question, killer instinct. Are you born with it or can it be taught? And if it can be taught, then damn it, somebody needs to teach it. Thank you, R.A. Well, thank you for your call, and I think it's a combination uh, of what you're saying. I think some kids just are born with a chip on their shoulder and have something to prove, and you really don't have to tell them much. You have to hold them back because they want to get out there and, and play the game of football. They love the game of football, and their plan is not only to get an education but to get get to the NFL. Some kids uh, are more, uh, say, academic and athletic, where uh, they see a different future for themselves, yet they enjoy the game of football and they play hard. And uh, normally, the way I've seen it, the guys that motivate your guys that are not quite as into football is they tell them, hey, guys, I'm planning on going to the NFL. you got to help me. And uh, someday I'll come to you for advice when I need uh, accounting, or I need real estate advice, or I need this or that. So it's a great team type of effort. It's hard to teach someone to be mean, but you can teach them how to finish. And I think that if you follow me on my Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, at Coach Harvey Hyde, I know Ryan does. Ryan, I was talking about that in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. The main thought I had on my mind was finish. Finish down to third quarter, nobody scored. But in the fourth quarter, 
USC because they kept the pressure on Stanford and shut them down as far as their running game to, what, 25 yards or something like that. They took them out of their rhythm, and the defense really got tired, and USC continued to pressure them and made big plays, and Stanford found themselves on the other side of it, which allowed it to be the type of game it was. They answered. They answered their scores, and I like seeing that. And uh, as you've always heard me say, I wouldn't trade USC's rosters with anybody in the Pac-12, and you saw that demonstrated on Saturday. Um, all right, let's uh, we'll do a couple text questions. Uh, I mean, uh, email questions. We'll try to rapid fire through some of these. Man, it's a, it's amazing how many we got. Chandler in H Town, is it me or just do our defensive ends use very little moves other than straight bull rush? It seems to me like it would be better. Uh, we'd get better quarterback pressure doing more spins and swim techniques. Is there a reason why we don't use other techniques? Chandler in H Town. Well, Chandler, here, here's, uh, you play different people differently, okay? Now, in playing Stanford, you knew where Chris was going to be. You know, he's going to be a pocket guy, and you knew that uh, he was going to not run. That's the last thing he wants to do is run. So you want to keep him in the pocket, and they apply a lot of outside and inside pressure by doing that. You want to keep him in the inside so that you can, well, how many tips did they get? Five tips on, on passes and so on, and also... uh uh, I thought that the defensive ends uh, did a pretty good job as far as pressuring the outside and not allowing the contain to break down. So it depends who you're playing. It depends what your game plan is on how you do. But for the first time, I saw mostly the entire game, both Porter and uh, Nawasu, or how he pronounce his name, number 42, everybody knows who he is, uh, had a great, consistent football game, just a great football game. And I think that they controlled the line of scrimmage. And really, the game was won by the line of scrimmage by both the offensive and defensive teams. But uh, it depends what you're doing uh, defensively. And I agree with you. There's times that you have to make a move to the outside when you get him going really up the field. You get the de- offensive tackle really going up the field. Then you go back inside and take a shot at the quarterback. We got uh, our buddy Big Nick. He said, hello, Trojan fans. Nick from Cyprus. How about that butt-whipping USC handed out? Do you think this offensive line is elite after that performance? Well, I think this. You heard me say from day one, and Ryan, I think you've done a a lot of shows with me, I thought this offensive line was going to be better and more talented and more athletic than the past offensive line at USC. And I think now uh, when they play more together, they can demonstrate the type of athletes they really are. And let me give credit to Chris Brown because, you know, you've heard me say, can he play guard? Can he play guard? I certainly think he did a great job in playing guard. They, they played well as a unit. Uh, I think they'll get better as a unit. There's still a lot of ways to go. You know, I want everybody to know you can't be satisfied on Saturday's uh, performance. There's a lot to be improved on. You can become a much better football team. And you've got to continue working on that. Every day and every way, we've got to get a little bit better and better. And I don't know if we'll get to those points of what we need to do or what FC needs to do. But I thought the offensive line really played well. I think all the stats that Carr got and all the stats that Jones got, I think they're great uh, backs. I'd like to see them more in two-back sets. And, boy, give to about three plays in two-back sets with those two guys in the game with a little play action to be tough to stop. But I thought Malapiai. And Ware did a great job in their two-back offense. So give it the credit to the offensive line. But, guys, you still got to get better. you got to finish the block. 
Yeah, uh, but certainly uh, looking looking pretty good so far on the offensive line. We got the G. He said, great win versus the tree. Physical, tough, impressive. Coach Hyde, can you explain how this team can be so different in consecutive weeks of play? And how do the coaches fix this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, no pun intended, uh, personality trait? Thank you from the G. Well, I think they were embarrassed the first week. Embarrassment is the worst thing to have as far as a football coach or a football player. And I would talk to my team that same way. You'd say, guys, you know, we won that game. We were fortunate, but we embarrassed ourselves on who we are. We've got to go out this week. And as coaches, we didn't do a good job either. You're honest to kids. Kids know what they're doing and what they're playing. They're doing what you taught them to do. And they didn't teach them the right things or they didn't teach well enough. But this week, as a group... They got themselves together. They knew this was a conference football game. They knew the importance of this football game, and they had to win this football game. And I think that they got together as a unit. They coached better. They ran their schemes better. They had their rhythm better. Offensively, uh, 35, 36 minutes of time of possession, third down conversions, all the things that Stanford used to do to them, they did to them. And I think that now you can't be satisfied. You enjoy it one day. And then you go back and you look at Texas and say, okay, those games are gone. Who's our next biggest game of the year? And it's now Texas. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, thanks for that question. Moving on. We got a text message from Greg in Virginia. He said, listener since 2010. Wow, thanks, Greg. Uh, First-time caller, writer. Question for HH. Uh, were you called HH a lot? There are a lot of people are calling you that now, Harvey. I don't know. Is that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been called everything. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've called you. I know I've called you some things. It's not pleasant. We can't repeat them here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. is, is USC evaluating talent accurately in recruiting, particularly on the offensive line and defense? I'm not seeing anyone with the ability to take over a game and create disruptive plays. Sacks and turnovers are consistently protecting the quarterback. Apart from Big Cat, uh, he's talking about Leonard Williams, Cameron Smith, and Adore. I haven't seen the recent players match the ability of guys like uh, Everson Griffin, uh, Jarrell Casey, Cedric Ellis, Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews was a walk-on, by the way. That wasn't a recruiting thing. Uh, Khalil, I think he's talking about Matt Khalil, or it could be Ryan. Uh, Tyron Smith, Brian Cushing, etc. Hope this question isn't too critical of the players. I believe we are talented, just haven't seen dominance. Thanks for fight on, Greg of Virginia. Man, Greg, you are tough. This team's won 11 straight games. <laughs> They're doing pretty well, but okay. What do you think, coach? Well, he, he's talking about uh, the best of the best, and you don't always get the best of the best. You're talking about a lot of different years as far as talent at USC. And uh, Dory Jacksons, they don't come along all the time. A lot of these players don't come along uh, all the time, but you want to get your share of these. I think they've had and improved on the recruiting. They've raised their level of recruiting. I thought they did last year. A couple of years ago, I didn't know if they were recruiting the the level of recruiting that they should uh, have done, Ryan, we've done a lot of recruiting shows together. I still question a couple guys uh, that sometimes you take that you'd rather not take somebody than take somebody that you are trying to forecast too much. Now, Chad Willard, Wheeler did a great job. job. He was a three-star out of Santa Monica, and there were some question marks on him, yet he came and performed. And uh, But there are some great players out there, maybe not on the level of Munoz and some of these guys. They're all pro. They're in the Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame. But they'll come along. You'll find out who they are. Maybe they're not playing yet. But there's some great players on the roster at USC, as good as anybody out there. And, uh, you know, they haven't maybe reached the level of some of Alabama's depth 
in great players. But USC currently right now has had a great recruiting class. I think they've got some great players in the wings. They've got a stable of running backs that I think are as good just about as anybody in the Pac-12 or better. So uh, they're making their name. I think they just have to develop a couple of positions along there. They've got to find out who their third receiver is. I don't think they have that yet. They've got to find out about the tight end and how they can involve him more in the game and do a lot of teaching to him. And we'll get into that. I'm sure there's questions. But I think they'll, their level of recruiting will improve as their victories go. And when your victories go, your recruiting grows. So I think that's where we're at. All right. Hey, I got a voicemail question for you, Coach. Uh, here you go. Hello, Ryan and Coach Hyatt. Don Autry from Upland, California. Hey, Coach. Thanks for all your accolades concerning me. You are really sharp after some 50 years. What a memory. Anyway, USC played a great game. Their offensive line really beat down Stanford's defensive line. I was really impressed with USC's running game. I thought Nwusu on defense had an outstanding game on defense. I'm disappointed, though, with the corner play. Jack Jones and Marshall played poorly on their coverages. They need to tighten their coverage play at the corners. Fight on, USC. Well, Donald, thank you. Uh, I think that's an area that they need to work on as far as on the defensive side of the football. People are going to try to exploit them. I think Jones had a better game than he did the opening game. Uh, I don't think Stanford really took advantage of that. I really don't because they didn't start their mismatches that you've heard me talk about till the final quarter where they put their big tight ends on the smaller corners and so on. And if the ball would have been there, they'd had some success in, in completing those passes. I think they got to lock down on the corners. they got to work uh, and see what they can do to improve that because if I'm going to play USC's defense, I'm obviously going to take advantage or try to get single coverage out of uh, the corners. I agree with you 100%, especially if I have a burner, a guy that can really run. I'll try to run by him and loosen him up a little bit and throw in front of him and curls and do different things, corner routes and so on. I agree with you 100%. I think that's a work-in-progress position. And uh, I'm hope I'm I'm sure that uh, they know that uh, if we know that, and uh, these kids will work hard and the coaches will work hard to try to get this fixed. Yeah, uh, seems like they played better. Uh, you know, I, I think overall, and I, I I wrote a piece this week, coach, or or yesterday, um, about how USC out Stanford, Stanford, and I talked to a lot of defensive players. And they were all saying it just helped a lot when you play a team like Stanford that plays better with the lead when your offense gets the lead. So USC had the lead and it allowed the defensive players to, you know, play a lot looser. You saw in the second half, Stanford couldn't run the balls effectively, but I wouldn't be as critical as on the DBs. I, I thought they played uh, a lot better this game. Well, they played better. You know, their support on the run, I think, has got to improve. Earlier in the game, they were running what I called a power toss. They were running off tackle. With a little toss, and after SC adjusted to that at halftime, they tried to run a sweep, and they didn't. That didn't work. But they weren't uh, getting the fill they needed off tackle, and the linebackers were getting caught off, uh, caught off, uh, or they didn't get to their gaps. They were getting cut off. But a little bit later on, in fact, first play of the game, everybody saw that the way they blocked that, and the guy scored. Love went out, went 70 yards or whatever it was, 75 yards for a touchdown, and they kept running that and running that, and the second half they adjusted to that. 
So you've got to make adjustments because people are going to try to attack you where they feel you have a weakness. In the opening game against Western Michigan, where did Western Michigan make almost of their yards? Off tackle, starting to the inside and breaking to the outside. And the linebackers were not scraping and not getting to that gap. Well, they started off the same way this week. So uh, they made the adjustments at halftime and slowed them down. But uh, you've got to get uh, great coverage out of your corners in secondary, and you've also got to get great run support, especially against teams that run like Stanford. Well, let's. Uh, Earl in West LA wrote in. He said, "I was a great victory on both sides of the ball. I have four takeaways from the 42-24 win over Stanford. The defense is as good as I expected. They had the Stanford O line, quote unquote, sucking air." in Cameron Smith's words in the fourth quarter. Stephen Carr runs like a big Reggie Bush, and Ronald Jones runs like a small Lindell White, combining for an average of more than 200 yards per game so far. Interesting. Uh, Stephen Mitchell Jr., finally, we are seeing his potential, and he uh, perfectly compliments Deontay Burnett. And then Sam Dartle, two NFL throws stand out, one rolling out to his right, uh, a rope to Burnett for a diving TD catch, the other to Mitchell in the back of the end zone over two defenders. What are your takeaways, Coach Earl in West L.A.? Well, I said it earlier. I think they've located two of the receivers that work well together. The throw to Stevie Mitchell, the second touchdown pass, reminded me of the pass in that he threw in the Rose Bowl against Penn State at the end of the game over two defensive backs perfectly thrown. I think the great catch by Dante Burnett certainly proved what a great athlete he is. He's such a great athlete. And when USC struggles offensively, you see Sam always going to Dante Burnett, and he does such a great job of running with the football after the catch. He's a great athlete. I think that Stevie Mitchell is now starting to feel comfortable as far as playing out there. They still need to find a third receiver. The third receiver really hasn't complimented the other two, and I'm not quite sure what they're going to do there, but they do have to uh, be able to stretch the field and so they can utilize this great talent. They've got great talent. And the tight end, yeah, he caught a couple of passes, but not to the level of what you expect uh, from a tight end. Myself, my opinion, uh, in the middle of the field, to force more middle coverage so that your great receivers outside can get open and play more one-on-one and all those type of things. So uh, I think that uh, there's work in progress, and I think they've got to do a lot of teaching on this and explain where you're supposed to be like, a lot of times when Dante Burnett Mitchell made those touchdown catches, you saw you saw Petit right next to him. Well, he shouldn't be right next to them. He should be in another open area so that Sam Darnold has an opportunity of hitting him if they all collapse on Dante Burnett. So you want to spread the field, and, and they'll point that out in their tapes and their films and so on, and they'll uh, improve on that. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, the uh, I I thought Deontay Burnett's uh, the one-handed catch too. Um, there were some really big catches that helped move the chains, and that that one stretch where USC was kind of struggling. I forget what I think it was in the third quarter, and uh, wasn't you know they were you know in their own end of the field, and it just didn't look like the offense was going to go. And you felt like, oh man, if USC punts it here, Stanford's going to come down and score, and this is a ball game and stuff, and. He, he unloads that like 50 yard bomb to Steven Mitchell, who our Keeley York talked to after the game. And he didn't even see it when it was thrown. Like it was just, he was like a play he had to make it like in high school, but then, you know, located it late, caught it. So that was like 50 yards. And then boom, right away, you know, I think at that point you could have run the ball some more and, and pounded it in. But no, they went right for the jugular diving catch. Uh, Deontay Burnett, one of the best you're going to see. That was a crazy stretch coach. 
It was. And I'll tell you, Stevie Mitchell will get better and better and better. When he was in high school, he was one of the best around. I mean, really. Uh, everybody, everybody knew what a great player he was, okay? Well, he's been hurt. He hasn't had a lot of experience on the field. He's gaining confidence, not only in his ability, but in his knee as far as the rehab and what he's been through. He's a great player. Now he just has to get in there and, and play more. If you notice, they didn't really rotate a lot of people this week. They didn't rotate. People had got a feel of what was going on. Sam had a chance to look at his receivers. I think Jones played uh, a couple of plays, and maybe someone else played a couple of plays, but they kept a certain unit in there. The offensive line maybe one substitution when somebody got hurt, tumor somebody on his wrist or ankle or whatever it was. Uh, they kept the same players where they had the reputation the reps going and they had a timing going and they felt good about playing the game and you gain confidence. Now, they still got to work on their snap. The snap was better than before, but it's still high on a couple of those snaps. So uh, Fall has got to get that down. Uh, These are the type of things you got to work on to become a great football team. Now, they are a good football team, but you're not where you could be potentially. You've got to keep pushing to get better because there are things out there that you can still work on a lot of things. Um, along the same lines, Tark wants to know, is this the Stephen Mitchell you remember from high school? Absolutely. He's starting to become that, like I just mentioned. But he hasn't had the playing time to be Stephen Mitchell. Give him time. He's a great player. He's got great speed. You can see he can run with the football after he catches the football. This is all the excitement with having great athletes, being able to run uh after you can make the catch, or like great running backs, uh, after you break the line of scrimmage, the second level, you saw Stephen Carr do it. You saw Jones doing it, breaking tackles, making moves, making big pro- uh, plays. Uh, these are what uh, make you a great football player, a skilled football player. So these things have got to happen. You, you will see Bur- Burnett when he catches the football. Hey, you better not miss him or he's gone. And when you're a defensive back and you watch this on film, you realize, hey, I'm going to be very careful when I tackle him, or he's going to duke me. So these are all the things that go along with it. We just got to get that third receiver, and I think you all know what I'm talking about. All right, I got a voicemail question. I, I got to give some background here, Coach, real quick. Um, so last week I did a show with Gerard, and we were kind of talking about we cover these high school games, and we're, you know it's a busy time. You're out there. It's not just you go watch games and talk about it. You're filming, taking video, I mean, uh, photos, doing a lot of interviews, stories talking to sources, whatever. So, I mean, and I think it came off a little bit like, hey, we were complaining about our job. And I, I get, we got called out by uh, this guy, Myron, who left a voicemail. It was hilarious. It was kind of uh, some sarcastic stuff. So I played it on the next podcast we did. I think it was our uh, Stanford preview podcast. And people were writing me in saying, that's not real. That's not, a, I think even Keely was like, that's not a real voicemail. Well, it is. I mean, I don't know who Myron is, but he, he wrote in or he called in and he called in again. Now this is a little long. So, I'm going to play. It's like a two-minute one. We went to keep the voicemails under a minute, um, but I have to play this because it's it's pretty hilarious, Coach, and uh, get your thoughts. Here you go. Hiya. It's Myron from Queens. I hope Mr. Harvey Hyde is there. I have two questions for him today. But first, oh, you, Ryan Abraham, you. For those of you who don't know, I was featured the other day on the show. And since then, my life is upside down. I'm a minor celebrity in my own building. 
You make dreams happen, Mr. Ryan Abraham. Yes, you do. On game day, all of us in the building go down to the laundry room, except eight fans, so, you know, whatever. And we sit and we watch the game. Well, for the first time, guess who wanted to sit next to me since her husband died? Miss Esther Morgan. So I thought to myself, I say, excuse me, Mr. Ronald Jones, but you ain't the only one scoring tonight. But then I thought about it. She's a widow, and I think I should slow play it. My question for Coach Hyde. Number one, do you think I'm right? Should we just be friends? I mean, she is 81, for God's sakes, and she lives across the hall, and it could get awkward. But then again, I don't know. She's got a little something. And number two, oh, what about this Chris Brown? Coach, were you impressed or are you not completely sold yet on this fantastic offensive lineman who's come out of nowhere and he's just, he's moving buildings, this guy? I don't know. Okay. Thank you. And uh, bye-bye now. Well, thank you for calling. Uh, as far as this young lady, Esther. Hey, Esther. Esther. Esther was my mother's name. Oh. So you be nice to Esther. You got that? <laughs> Esther, I'll tell you, Esther is a good person to think. She's eighty-one years old and she's watching football. How can you get any better than that? I mean, uh, she needs a friend. It's great to have great friends, and uh, you treat her right, and she'll treat you right. You never know. You might need someone. You can call Esther, and she'll be right there to help you. So uh, let her in the huddle. Have fun. Remember, it's all fun. Enjoy every day of your life and treat people the way you want to be treated. That's the way I answer the first question. The second question, uh, Chris Brown's uh, game, I think he had a good game. But the announcers of the game continue to mention him over, over, and over, and I think they made him an All-American on Saturday. Uh, yet, he's still got a ways to go. There are other offensive linemen that uh, I thought uh, played well, too. I think Chris had a good game, but he's got to get better. They all got to get better to be a great football player. So I think the announcers, who I, I don't even know who they were, okay? I don't pay attention to that. I just watch the game. But they kept mentioning him over and over and over, which is great. If you're his parents, you're excited about that. If you're Chris, you're excited about that. But you've got to be able to maintain it and do it again. Not one game, every single game. And that's where you evaluate talent and seeing if you can reach your full potential. And I don't think he's reached his full potential, so he's got to go back to work. Um, yeah, thanks for that one, Myron. Uh, that was <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. No, that's not a plant. Uh, that's someone calling in <laughs> the podcast. Good luck with Esther. I'm um, glad we could make you a minor celebrity. Maybe you get like 10 or 12 people down in the laundry room this week. Um, yeah, as far as the Chris Brown, I mean, I think that was a, you might have struck a nerve coach with the Chris Brown thing because we had Art in the Bay Area too. He said, hey, Ryan, great game and for USC in the offensive line. Could you ask Harvey Hyde what he thinks about the development of the line this game and will he reconsider Chris Brown moving to tackle? Go Trojans. No, I, I mentioned that at the early part of the show that I was very pleased with the way he played. And could he play tackle? I think he could play tackle. 
uh, I thought that that was his natural position, and uh, Lobodon would have been the, the guard. So, you know, I think either one of them come in or change. Uh, they both play next to each other anyway. Uh, I just think he's more of a tackle size type of guy. And I think uh, Lobodon is more of a guard type of guy. But, hey, I'm not coaching the offensive line. And they know what they expect from them for their from their talent, and uh, he's got to continue to improve as all of them need to improve. He's a young player, and uh, I hope and you know that everything works out, and he's satisfied uh, uh, the offensive line coach and coaches to that he's progressing and becoming the type of player they expect him to be. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy for him. I think he continue to get better. And, yeah, he could still be play offensive tackle. I think he could play that position. So, you know, that means he's a pretty good athlete and getting better. Hey, so I haven't gone – I have to go back and watch the uh, the, the game on TV again. I, I have it saved, but I haven't checked it out. So I didn't realize that uh, – so it was Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson that were on the call for Fox. Um, and they'll be back again this week against Texas. But I didn't realize they were um, talking up uh, Chris Brown. I did see some screenshots people were saving – some of the, especially the left side of the offensive line, uh, it seemed to open up some absolutely huge, uh, holes for, uh, the running back. So I, maybe that's where some of it is, uh, is coming from coach, but, um, yeah, that's it. But it was those guys and I'll need to go back and watch the tape, but sometimes that'll happen if a announcer, whoever the, is calling the game mentions a guy by name, then you start hearing about that guy a lot. And that, that must be why I was hearing so much about Chris Brown on Twitter and, uh, and you know, for the podcast questions and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not saying, uh, that he didn't play well, but they certainly did single him out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tarek has a question. What does this team need to do to stay focused after beating a tough opponent? Well, you know, uh, you got to stay focused because, uh, you know, uh, you can't allow somebody to sneak up the beach. And Texas is, is no slouch. I mean, they beat San Jose State 56 to zip, but, you know, San Jose State isn't what you might call a powerhouse. Uh, but uh, they certainly have the athletes, and they give you a completely different problem. They don't run what Stanford runs. They're going to be using their skilled players. They've got a quarterback that can run. They made a change at quarterback. And uh, they're going to cause you problems. So they're going to look at the same film uh, that uh, Stanford had, and they're going to see where they can take advantage and, and do the things they got to do. Tom Herman's an outstanding coach. Uh, they've opened as a 14-point underdog to USC. Uh, if you when you figure that as far as who they've beaten and who who Texas has played, losing to Maryland 51-41, and then having a big win this weekend, that's probably about right. If you, I'll tell you, Las Vegas knows, okay? Oh, they man. were seven point. Uh, don't they know? Yeah. How about last week? Picked SC by seven, and everybody jumped on Stanford, and look what happened. The book yeah. made some money. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to, you know, you got to be ready to play every week in this game. you got to be ready to play every week. San Diego State goes up to Arizona State and beats them 30-20. to 20. I mean, they run the same type of power game that Stanford does. Now, these two play this weekend in San Diego. Stanford and San Diego State, that'll be a battle, a slugfest type of game. Because San Diego State is trying to make a statement, and they'd love to get into the Pac-12 eventually. So uh, this is why they scheduled that game, and Stanford took the challenge on, and they're going there. So that's uh, uh, that's quite a game to watch. So, you know... Uh, Texas is going to cause problems. 
but you've got to realize everybody's going to cause problems. And you've got to get ready to play. Uh, I text Coach Helton on, on Sunday, and I said, enjoy it for one day because uh, you've got to get ready now for the next one or you won't be celebrating next Sunday. Yeah, funny. You mentioned the, the point spread. And, I, yeah, I was totally on the Stanford with the points. I thought USC would win, but Stanford would cover. Obviously, that didn't happen. I forgot to mention, though, we're going to have Joe Duffy again in the last segment of the show talking about some of the point spread stuff because it was definitely interesting and you know with a 14-point spread coming into Texas. So we got some good feedback from him on the show last week, so we'll talk to him about that. And you know, I forgot to mention, too, at the top of the show, Coach, uh, it's September 11th, so 16th anniversary uh, of that. So you know, thoughts and prayers to all the, the first responders and all the victims. Um, you know, just kind of a day to, to go back and remember. I know the 15th you know, anniversary was last year, but it's hard to believe it's been 16 years. It really is. And I can tell you exactly where I was and exactly what I did that day. I can tell you every single thing I did in the moment of what I was thinking about and how I, what I, my response was. But people don't need to know that. Yeah. It was, so were you, you were in LA? You were in, uh, no, I was in Vegas in my room, hotel room. And I was watching the TV and I was wondering what was, you know, how you look up. I was working on something and they were talking and there was smoke coming out of the tower. I didn't know what had happened. And they showed, I was watching and I saw the second plane come in. I said, oh my gosh, what is going on? And then I really focused on it. And, uh, I, I can't tell you the panic that was going on in Vegas with people from a lot of different parts and it was oh, a plane yeah. and people flying there. I don't want to get into that. Okay. But, uh, it is. It's really went fast, didn't it? Those sixteen years. I think, yeah, it did. And uh, I think same sort of thing. I was in. I was up in uh, San Jose actually for work. I was an engineer at the time, and um, I think I woke up too. Where by the time I woke up, the first plane had already hit. I think that was a West Coast fairly common reaction, where you like, whoa, what's that? And then the second you see the second plane hit, so it was like, right, yeah. I actually had a flight for that day, so um, I couldn't fly obviously because everything got canceled. So I end up. I had a rental car and I drove back to L.A. But it was nuts. But I forgot to mention that at the top because we were kind of scrambling a little bit. But uh, we got a couple more, Coach. I know you got to go. Um, right. I'll play you this uh, voicemail question. Here you go. Hey, Ryan. Chris from Delaware, your absolute biggest fan. Guys, five podcasts last week, and you threw a bone to the kids, and I loved it. I loved all of it. Everything you guys are doing is fantastic. You know, this is all of our favorite thing in the world is the USC Trojans, and you kind of pull it all together. You pull the string like, uh, you know, a ventriloquist or whatever the hell those things are. <laughs> all right. Uh, my question is for uh, Coach. Um, can I get a letter grade? I, I, I'm big into moderation. I tried not to get too down last week, and I don't want to get too high this week. I'm trying to stay moder moderation. So, the front four, the linebackers, the secondary. Can I get letter grades on all three? And then pros and cons, what you liked and what you didn't like. Ryan, thank you so much for this damn show. It, 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 it's the thing that keeps my blood boiling. And I love it. And I can't wait for the next week of podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Well, thank you. Thank you for checking in with us. First thing, let's take the overall defense. What I liked was the effort they gave. They played hard, okay? You got to play hard. You gave up some plays, but you play hard. You pursued the football. You ran well. You've got to be able to see that and see everybody at the point of where the ball is going and you're pursuing and making it happen. 
you got to create turnovers. You got to make make the offense feel uncomfortable. I think they were able to do that as far as the, the domination that they did in taking the football away from Stanford. They changed their complete rhythm of the game, of the way they've been winning all their football games. So the defense did that. As far as uh, the valuation of, of all the different uh, positions as far as the defensive line, I thought they played well. I thought they got some good push. I watched them run around. Uh, they played a lot better than they did against Western Michigan. I think they played really hard because they were embarrassed against Western Michigan. Uh, in the first half, they weren't really the linebacker group wasn't taking care of the off-tackle play, and I think that was important to do, and they made the adjustments on that. I think that Houston made a big adjustment. He's not as physical as a lot of linebackers are, so he really has to use his technique and his speed and get settled up in the hole so that he can make the play. Uh, but uh, he adjusted and got it done. Uh, I think the linebacker, outside linebackers really had a good game. And I think Car- Car- uh, Cameron Smith's in charge of the entire defense. I love his look. He's intent. I think he's the one that keeps everybody else intent. I think that he's the leader on the field that they don't miss mess with. In the secondary, we talked about the coverages or the secondary corners. Uh, we got a ways to go there. I think they need to improve a little bit, and they gain confidence every week. Uh, their tackling, their force, and everything was good on some plays. I really did think they played well, and then there's sometimes that they got to improve on it. So uh, Chris Hawkins is always giving you 100%. Tell is giving you 100%. They've got experience there in the inside. Uh, and I liked it because they didn't rotate a lot of people on the defensive side of the football. I think that's very, very important. Because you get to play together. They got off the field. They didn't need to rotate. They weren't on the field a lot, 25 minutes, I think, the entire game, which is really strong. So that's a real quick evaluation of the defense. All right, we've got a couple more, and we'll let you go, Coach. we got uh, Dennis in Lancaster. He said, with the hiring of Coach uh, Dylan McCullough, you can already see improvement of all the running backs. Do you think USC will hire a wide receivers coach? I know T. Martin works for them, uh, uh, works with them, but our wide receivers always consist of a superstar and a bunch of underdeveloped backups. We have too many, too much talent at the wide receiver position not to have three studs line up every year. Love the show and fight on. So that's Dennis at Lancaster. Man, Dennis, tough. Great day for the, the receivers and uh, Dennis isn't happy about. Well, I think they do have a lot of great talent, but one guy's got to jump out. Who is it going to be? Someone's got to separate from the rest of them. And uh, you got to find out who that is. Uh, uh, when you have that many much talent, you can't be hiding it or keeping it. Somebody's got to be there. Now, as far as him coaching the receivers, that's something they have to decide to do. They have to hire another coach to do that. And I don't know if that's within the limits of what they can have on their staff full time. So they got to work. Uh, if they think that's important, uh, they can bring in a graduate assistant of some type or a volunteer coach. I don't know how they work on that. they got like 20 coaches. But I don't know how they do that where they could have, you know, a little bit of extra help on a guy that's played receiver and, and, and can and do it. Not that T. Martin doesn't know what he's doing, but the call plays during a football game, watch your position at the same time with your secondary plays. That's hard to do. And I'm sure they've got somebody that's doing that. I really do because – He's got to be thinking ahead for the next play when he's calling plays. He can't be just watching the receivers to see what they're doing. You've got to have someone evaluating it, uh, the tight end coach, uh, receiver coach, watching what these guys are doing. Did they do the right read? Did they stock block properly? Did they do all the right things? Uh, So I'm sure they have somebody doing that. 
It's just that somebody's got to step up. Somebody's got to separate themselves from the rest of them. It'd be great if it was a speed guy. It'd be really great if it was a speed guy to complement everybody else that's out there. Burnett's a great receiver. Mitchell's going to be a great receiver. He gets better every single week. And then again, you've got all this talent that you're not sure of who's the guy. You've got them all. They're all four stars and five stars. So obviously, someone evaluated them correctly. It's just someone's got to step up, and you've got to say, you're the guy. You've got this game. Get in there and get it done. Show us that you are the guy. And if you aren't, we'll find the guy. And uh, that's, I think, what they need to do. All right, one last one for you, Coach. We have uh, Trey in L.A. Hey, guys, great job with the podcast. Love listening in every week. This is one for Coach Hyde. Is it just me, or do our DBs, specifically our corners, seem to be lost or just not as good in one-on-one man coverage? The plays with Biggie, Jack-Jack, and Jenny Harris just seem to me like they aren't comfortable in man coverage down the field. That's Trey in L.A. Well, uh, Harris... Harris was in the game. I, I saw him make some plays flying around. Uh, and, and and I've always felt Marshall's an inside guy. You know that. I've always felt that. I didn't feel he was a natural corner. I said that a year ago. But uh, he's getting a little better as he goes. Uh, some, I don't know if he feels comfortable out there on that island all by himself. You know, you got to really feel comfortable out there. You know, Deion Sanders, these guys that played that corner position, they would bait you. They'd say, you know, you're not going to catch past the whole game. I just want you to know that. So just go in there and make sure if they call you a number, you ain't going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. you got to have a lot of confidence to be a great corner. And uh, uh, I, I, I'd, li- I'd like to see that develop. And it comes to success and reputation over and over and over and over and over. And uh, I'm not quite sure they're at that level. I talked about it earlier. Uh, that's an area that needs improvement. They can have that improvement, but they got to get that fixed because if I'm a team uh, I guess down the road, going to try something that I can attack because I'm always looking for a weakness to attack, uh, that would be one right now I'd try to take advantage of by formations, uh, creating one-on-one coverage, and doing different type of things. Well, Coach Harvey Hyde, follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Of course, his website, HarveyHyde.com. And I'll be seeing them. I'll be up. Uh, I'll be up in uh, your neck of the woods, Coach, on Thursday. You will be. And uh, why don't you pub that show? I'll pub it for you. Yeah. Uh, I do a radio show called USC Trojan Talk on Thursday nights, and Ryan's going to be our guest at 7 p.m. We're going to talk uh, one hour about USC football. The first 10 minutes is a segment called Trojan Update, and the next uh, 40 minutes or so is uh, just on general USC football recruiting, whatever questions were asked or I bring up, or uh, the people that attend the show at the Setabella, it's in Pasadena at 625 East Colorado Boulevard, and you can go to KSHP, that's AM 1400, KSHP, and just hit listen live, and no matter where you are in your time zone, you'll be able to get that show. So I just want everybody to know that, and Ryan, I want to thank you for coming up, I know how busy you are. No, no, it's uh, always my pleasure. There's a bunch of great fans up there um, that come out and hang out, and I get some great pizza at Cetabello. So always <laughs> fun to do that, Coach. Yeah, and you know, for everyone out there, Brad Ott, the f- uh, former quarterback at USC, owns that restaurant. So that's how we landed there, and it's a lot of fun. So, uh, okay, so thanks, uh, Coach, and we're going to be back uh, back in one minute. We're going to talk a little bit more 
we got Joe Duffy. Um, so he's going to be talking about some of the odds uh, for USC this coming week, Heisman stuff and things like that. So back in a minute with Joe Duffy. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. You know, ever since I started the Peristyle Podcast 10 years ago, people have been asking me for betting advice. And mostly, if I think USC will be covering the point spread. Well, let me tell you this. Where you are betting is just as important as which side you are betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie's been in business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing, and they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash, and you can win big today. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and they definitely have. That's why I'm telling you to make your way over to mybookie.ag because they pay and they also have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So go now to mybookie.ag. They will match your deposit with a 100% bonus if you use the promo code PARASTYLE. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. We now return to the Parastyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. All right, we are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. We bring back, uh, again, for the second week in a row, Joe Duffy. He's the CEO of OffshoreInsiders.com. On behalf, uh, here on behalf of MyBookie.ag, we wanted to talk about some of the odds surrounding this USC football team and Sam Darnold. Uh, a lot of talk. We get a lot of questions about it. So we thought we'd bring in an expert, and uh, Joe, Duffy, Joe Duffy certainly is that. Joe, thanks for uh, coming on. Oh, thank you for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed last week, and I'm sure I will enjoy this week even more. Yeah. Um, so my recommendation to everyone was, man, Stanford plus six and a half or six or whatever it was, uh, just seems like too good to be true. Uh, obviously that was not correct. USC ends up winning by, uh, 18. It just shows the odd makers know what they're talking about. I think the ESPN, like, um, their predictor had Stanford as like a favorite, but obviously Vegas did not. And, uh, Vegas was right. Yeah, that they were, and the game went down to only a uh, four-point favorite, which means that the the odds makers, or actually that the public was betting on Stanford. So the sports books did pretty well there, but yeah, forty-two to twenty-four, where they closed as only a four-point uh, favorite. So quite an impressive effort indeed. And I know we're going to talk about the Heisman odds, but Sam Darnold really came through, completing eighty percent of his passes and throwing four touchdowns against a very good defense. But, yeah, that's, you know, the, the sports books generally do pretty uh, well. So games <laughs> that look like they're the right play, that the public thinks is the right play, generally are the wrong play. And we do contrarian bets, but that's a, another, you know, story altogether. But contrarian is part of my handicapping. But, yeah, big, impressive effort by USC for sure. So because of that, um, you know, people were kind of down on USC maybe after week one, not uh, covering against Western Michigan, complete cover against Stanford and, and really domination in that game. Now you got a Texas team coming in. Uh, it seems like the line is probably going to be pretty big. Texas ended up losing to Maryland, but then destroying, actually boat racing uh, San Jose State last week. So probably hard to get a read on them. But what do you think about USC and Texas? Yeah, mybookie.ag wasn't very happy in week one. I took some money from them because <laughs> I did have uh, Maryland in that game. But Ooh, nice. yeah, Texas, yeah, te- Texas is a, a team. Look, I'm not a big fan of 
Tom Herman to begin with. I think he's an extremely overrated coach. When Ooh. he was at Houston last year, they were supposed to be the team that could be the spoiler, the you know, the fly in the ointment. And when the season was on the line, they struggled down the stretch. And I, I really never understood the world's infatuation with him. Uh, he was clearly outcoached in game one. Of course, they did come back, as you said, last week against an inferior opponent, and they had to do what they you know, they did what they had to do, but this game opened up at USC only a 14-point favorite, and the public is kind of thinking, and the Sharps are thinking like I am, which is one and the same, because we're often thinking the, the same way. And in fact, a lot of my clients are big bettors at uh, mybookie.ag, but it's all the way up to 17.5, which is still a fairly significant line move. If anything, my early lean would be towards a low-scoring game. Uh, the total isn't set yet. I know it's going to be a high total because they're going to be so many snaps, but teams off of games in which they uh, rush for 300 yards or more of going under at a 415 and 269 rate. Now, that applies to Texas. Um, but, yeah, USC, look, they were very impressive. They got the most yards against Stanford in the David Shaw era, and uh, they looked like, you know, they were clicking on all cylinders. The one thing I would be worried about, it could be a little bit of a letdown, obviously, for USC. In the case of Texas, they have plenty to prove, so I don't think it's a bad situation for them, although in the case of USC, there shouldn't be much of a look ahead uh, with their next game at Cal, which shouldn't be uh, you know too much of a tough game for them. But off of the big win last week, uh, you know a lot of us handicappers and at OffshoreInsiders.com, we like to look at potential letdown situations, and that would be my biggest worry for USC. But I think they're clearly the better team, and like I said, I'm not really uh, sold on Texas's new coach, so. USC should definitely win this game. Whether or not they're going to cover the 17-and-a-half after the big line move is another story altogether. But I think USC fans who are just worried about the straight-up uh, outcome will be pretty happy. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like USC could potentially boat race this team or it's, like, close, like there's a little bit of a hangover from the Stanford game. And, you know, if USC covers, it's like a late cover or something or, or you know, it ends up being like a 10-point game. I kind of see it kind of going that way if – to, to get the to, the easy cover, it would have to be one of those things where USC just jumps out on them and you kind of demoralize them, and then just things just spiral out of control. Yeah, that's that's the truth. And look, Texas could have the element of surprise. Uh, Steve Ellinger, who was sitting in for Shane Bouchel, had a tremendous game. He is a true freshman, but of course he's going to be going up against a lot tougher defense here. And we don't know the exact injury status of Shane Bouchel, who's Really a very good athlete. Uh, you know, if anything, he reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson, at least insofar as the way he's able to keep plays alive with his feet. He's a, he's a heck of an athlete, but, uh, you know, in that game against Maryland, which I watched every snap of it, his offensive line wasn't performing. He was on the run a little bit too much. And of course, last week, uh, you know, they, they played an inferior opponent, but, yeah, I would definitely worry about, as you said, uh, you know, the hangover, as we like to say, and handicapping at offshoreinsiders.com, a, a letdown situation. But, you know, so far, uh, a lot of money at mybookie.ag is going on USC. So a lot of the betters do think that USC should win this game in a blowout. One last thing for you. Um, what about the, uh, the Heisman race? Uh, Sam Darnold didn't have a touchdown in the first week, but, you know, had four, completing 80% of his passes, like you said. Uh, in week two against Stanford. So what, what's, what are the Heisman odds now? He's now down to number three at plus 500 or five to one. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, who obviously is coming off a tremendous effort himself, uh, plus 330 
one at the at the horseshoe at Ohio State and Lamar Jackson last year's winner. Look, a, a lot of people, myself included, wondered if he could come close to repeating last year in part because he doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him. So he's a one man offense, but he's been averaging five. He's averaging five hundred and six total yards per game. And he is at plus 130, which is almost even money. So at mybookie.ag, this would be a good time to get down on Sam Darnold uh, because, you know, he's he's now a relative long shot at plus 500. And one thing's for sure, USC fans know this. He needs to improve on that 4-to-4 four four touchdown to interception ratio. But, yeah, if you want to bet him now at mybookie.ag, you are going to get 5-to-1 odds. Yeah, pretty good. I'm actually a Heisman voter. And, uh, I talked to a bunch of Heisman voters. It's hard to, to repeat. Like, you just don't want to yes. see, you don't want to repeat. So I think those odds seem a little bit rougher. I mean, now Lamar Jackson could put up like ridiculous video game numbers, but it's, it's really hard. He'd have to keep that up all year long to, to repeat, I would think. Yeah. And, and we saw that, you know, the last two guys to try it, they came up a little bit short. And that's why Lamar Jackson, as I recall, at the beginning of the year, I think he was fifth in the odds. Yeah. But, uh, he's made a statement. In the first two weeks, and and it's not only is it hard to repeat. Look, it's a little different when you're surrounded by talent at Florida or, or Florida State, like the last two guys who were trying to be repeat winners were. But again, the Louisville they lost so much talent. But then, but you know, on the flip side, look, they're not exactly playing in the SEC, so he should be able <laughs> to put up some some very good numbers. Uh, but the key is, you know, remember last year. Uh, Jackson slowed down a little bit at the end of the year, so he's got to do it each and every week. But he is ahead of last year's pace, so it's 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 a little bit early. But uh, you know, Lamar Jackson has shown that he is for real. All right, that's Joe Duffy, CEO of OffshoreInsiders.com, here on behalf of MyBookie.ag. Joe, thanks again for uh, coming on, sharing all those insights. Thank you very much. And yeah, mybookie.ag, my clients say they continue to pay on time. They're paying me on time. So a great sports book. All right. Great stuff. Thank you, Joe. And everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. We will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.